Happy Ho Ho Holidays. Welcome to the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your O-O-Ost with the Mo-O-Ost. I will never do that again. It's everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. It is the holiday season right now, and this is really an extra special episode with guest Lance Ulanoff. He's a friend of the show. He's been on the show, and I honestly think this is one of my favorite episodes because we had a chance to go back and forth, and the topic is the things that Apple needs to do better in 2019. I also got to say thanks so much for everyone who is supporting this show at patreon.com slash Brian Tong. It's the way that you can support this show. I'm 100% indie. It starts at $2 per month, at the platinum level. Thank you so much for all your support and just want to kick things off with a great 2019. So without further ado, here's Lance and myself talking about the things that Apple needs to do better in 2019. All right, guys and gals, special guest Lance Yulinoff in the house. He's been a guest of the show before and been an awesome one at that. Hey, Lance, thanks so much for coming out and just hanging out and spending time with us again. Thanks for having me on. It's always fun to hang out with you. Yeah, I guess I didn't scare you away from last time, right? <laughs> no, I had a good time. I was thinking about it. I think uh, I've done this a couple of times. One time I did it and I was I was sick. I remember I was just lying in bed. I did the whole thing from bed. And I was like, that's a pretty good way to do a podcast. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's always been good. Awesome. And Lance, for people that aren't familiar with some of your work, can you kind of tell the audience what you've been doing and ways they can find you? You've been covering tech for, you know, as long as I can remember, because we've both been doing this for a while, but where can people find some of your awesome work? Well, uh, a lot of it is on Medium, and we launched uh, a new weekly column called The Upgrade. Uh, so you can find that uh, every Thursday on Medium, and then there's some stuff that I may do in between as well, but uh, that's an easy place to, to find me. And of course, uh, Twitter and Instagram, and uh, on television sometimes, yep. uh, just, just wrapped up a, a holiday gift guide with Live with Kelly and Ryan, and uh probably be on again in uh in the winter for uh post ces wrap-up nice you got the you got the live with kelly and ryan hookup that's that's pretty cool yeah yep it's 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 uh it's kind of insane but it's always fun (laughs) awesome lance well thanks again for coming out and you know we wanted to get together i think this is always fun when you can bounce ideas back with each other but i tease the show as the things that Apple needs to do better in 2019. And you and I kind of came up with our own list. I have no idea what's on your list. You have no idea what's on my list. So as the (laughs) guest of the show, I'm sure some of ours will may or may not overlap. But as the esteemed guest of the show, I think let's just start with you throwing out your first thing that you feel like Apple needs to do better in 2019. Because they're they're doing a lot of great things. This is not, uh, you know, complain, as we call it, a bitch fest. But this is just, you know, Constructive criticism is people who follow and love tech, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm going to start with something. This is actually something I wrote about, but I I think it's such a crucial part of uh, the the next year and probably the the next five years after that is, is Apple truly preparing for life after the iPhone? Mm. And and I, I say that because, you know, obviously the iPhone's not going anywhere, but uh, we know that it's getting harder to tell the difference between an iPhone and all these other smartphones out there, right? Everything looks the same. The differentiation has really shifted to heavily to software and services. And then we have this big moment last year in the last uh, earnings report where Apple announced that they would no longer tell us how many units they were selling, how many units of, of iPhones, Macs, and I think iPads. So 
that's just a, it's hard to to explain what a big deal that is because it 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 shifts a turn for them that they're saying look you know this is not how you define our performance uh, because you know one quarter can be not as good as another on the iPhones but that doesn't mean it's all bad but I think it's also a recognition that the company is is entering a new phase. And I I really want that to be recognized in 2019 because we're going to go through a report where in, in, uh, I guess, January, where we're not going to get numbers for the big holiday season on the iPhone. So, you know, we're going to be turning our attention to other areas and they're going to have to. Well, they're going to have to give us something. Uh, it, It connects for me, it kind of connects directly to, you know, what what is part of Apple's next big act. Now, we know that services is super important to the business. It's been growing like crazy. It's not as sexy. Um, you know, services are a wonderful business for any company because it's what's called annuities. It means that you can just count on people paying for it every year. Once somebody signs up for something like iCloud, your iCloud service, you just keep paying for it, right? You just, it, it, you get the, the notification that Say, you've been charged another. Yep. Yeah, and you, and you don't, the only reason you ever think about it is when you run out of space. I, I try. I'm, I don't want to get because that's also one of the things I want them to change in 2019. But but you know, I'm saying that it's it's a very important, super growing part of the business, but not at all sexy. And if the iPhone becomes less important, what is Apple going to do in 2019 to to give us something that is going to inspire us again? That is going to set the world on its ear. Uh, the AirPods are an tr- uh, incredibly popular product. I'm wearing them right now, but <laughs> but they're not they're not earth shattering. They're yeah. not going to you know. It's it, everybody wants them, but they they don't they use them for pretty much a couple. You, know, you listen, you talk with them, and that's it. The iPhone was is a world, right? Yep, it's it's uh, a flagship product. Yeah, exactly. It's a flagship product. So. Uh, you know, and I, I don't think I'm overstating the case that this is this is a change. It's kind of been coming. Uh, and I think that uh, all smartphone manufacturers are, to an extent, struggling with this because uh, they've all kind of started coalescing into this one sameness. Right. And yeah. then the the idea of being a premium brand where you charge a thousand dollars for your for your phone because. It's got the Apple cachet may not be enough when you get a one plus six T or one plus six for five forty nine. So and it has many of the same features, not all, but many. So it's just uh, I don't know exactly what they're going to do, but it's it's we have to come through 2019 understanding that. Oh, so this is what Apple's all about now. Yep. yep. That's so that's obviously in different ways and I love how you put that out there because my one of my things Apple needs to do better in 2019 was bring back an exciting iPhone. You even talked about how can they bring back some level of excitement or interest, but it's more than just bringing back an iPhone, right? To me, yes, we look at other hardware like we've heard the rumblings or the rumors of what the Galaxy S10 10th anniversary edition, whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? Mm-hmm. Fingerprinting glass, edge to edge glass, 5G connectivity, uh, potentially a quadruple camera. And again, you are absolutely right. Hardware is becoming less important. But for me, I said, okay, if we want to bring back an iPhone and we know that everything is about software and services, Apple has been planting the seed and pushing ARKit so hard. To me, and you know as well, Apple knows that ARKit is kind of down in their roadmap for the future. They'll 
most likely the goal is to eventually get to the point where they present it in some sort of a heads-up display on glasses. But for me to connect the dots from the iPhone, which is pretty much, you know, and we can agree for the most part, has started to really, really plateau now and become less important, although very important, just less exciting. I want to see with the next iPhone in 2019 how they can connect the dots. And part of that to me is show us their vision or their idea of what AR kit is beyond Pokemon Go, beyond just kind of some of these text overlays, but give us some sort of utility and real function built into iOS that we can start seeing them. Okay, we know we have the iPhone, we know we're transitioning, but kind of connecting the dots to that next thing because we got Instagram and Snapchat right. filters, but come on, if Apple talks, well, Tim Cook, you know, for at least the past year and a half or two, has really been talking up augmented reality. And I think it's about time to show us something, especially when, in my opinion, I mean, I felt like the iPhone XS line itself was pretty, even if it's a second year S product, it did feel a little uninspiring when you're basically getting a sl overall a slightly improved camera and a faster processor, but no one's really tapping into that faster processor. So yeah, for me, we it's haven't like, seen, there's right? a lot of headroom there. Right, yeah. yeah. And so- yeah. Do we obviously know they're planting the seeds for, I'm hoping, <laughs> some level of showing us what they want to do with AirKit, but I think they really need to show us how they're moving to that next transitional spot of what is the next thing for them. They don't have to show us that next thing yet, but at least give us an idea of where the roadmap is kind of going, show us some of the breadcrumbs, and bring back some level of excitement, whether it's in the iPhone or that kind of reveal of where Apple's going. Yeah, it I mean, I think you're 100% right uh, about the importance of AR, AR kit. And, um, you know, we have a couple of apps. We have the uh, the measurement app, which yeah, yeah. can, you know, you can take a box and quickly, you know, it's a real utility uh, for for AR um, or or sort of the prototyping thing where you can see a sneaker that looks mm -hmm. completely real through the screen and move around it. And, you know, you imagine that in, in sort of design and conceptualizing at uh, like Nike or something like that. Yep. Uh, but but I think you bring up a really important point. Uh, you know, so there's all that processing power inside the the iPhone XS, XS Max, uh, with the the um, A10 uh, or A12. A12. Yeah. A12. Sorry, A12. Don't worry, we're not going to bionic. We're, minus one point for Lance. Minus one yeah, point for Lance. Yeah, right. Obviously. <laughs> well, it's funny because I'm always correcting myself when I'm talking. If you know podcast tv or just in person with somebody i say the iphone 10 <laughs> the not the iphone x the iphone 10 Always. Like, but um the idea that there's all that processing power remaining and you have the even faster processor in the ipad pro um the new ipad pros uh indicates that whatever they build for for ar as far as a wearable is going to tap directly into the power of your your phone processor mm -hmm. so Instead of trying to build as as, App, as Microsoft has done with Hololens and Google did uh, to to a certain extent with Google Glass, uh, it's it's really going to be uh, you know connected either you know Bluetooth uh, some sort of you know Bluetooth the, the the highest level but low energy Bluetooth mm -hmm. so it can quickly get the information back and forth uh, because. Apple will never build anything clunky that you would put on your body. They're yeah. just not going to do that. Uh, and when Tim Cook talks about this stuff, it is kind of a signal. You know, he, he does that. He's done that for years where he'll talk about something about where their interests lie. Mm -hmm. And when you hear <laughs> that, you understand that that's about 
some sort of product strategy and direction. And AR has been such a consistent drumbeat for so many quarters, uh, for years really now that uh, we know we know something. You know, and I, I wouldn't go. I don't put a lot of weight in patents anymore. Yeah. I think I used to read them differently years ago, but I kind of understand now that it's like throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks and, totally. and you're just kind of holding on to an IP in case at some point you decide that you want to use it. Uh, but it's, yeah, it, I think 2019 is the year they have to do something about right. it, that they have to kind of show their hand. Uh, and it may be one of those situations where an event, we see something that is, uh, you know, like the the Mac Pro when they mm-hmm. first showed it, it wasn't ready yet, but they kind of got people excited about it, and then it came. You know, so that they don't, we may not get it in 2019, but I think we see the first hint of it. Well, you know, maybe they, they get us excited. Maybe we'll have another um stage moment from Phil Schiller where he says, "Can't innovate my ass." <laughs> <laughs> oh, Phil! Oh, Phil! Phil. Phil owns it. I, I mean, you talk to him. He really owns this stuff. He's, 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 he, be, you know, gosh, he's, he's a true believer. And, uh, and I think, yeah, I give him credit for that because he's, his passion, he wears it on his sleeve. You know, I've, I've had the opportunity to sit and talk with mm-hmm. him and have these conversations where you just see, you know, he gets just as excited about stuff now as he did, you know, a decade, 20 years ago. And I think he, he's, He's a little less maybe varnished sometimes, mm-hmm. um, and he, he'll slip into hyperbole. You know, he, does, I, I always wonder if he regrets the whole courage thing with the uh, <laughs> with the headphone the, jack. Yeah, 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 because he's just gotten ragged on Uh-oh. so for it so much. But yeah, he's um, he's fun, you know, to watch yeah. on stage because he is like a little kid with this stuff. Um, totally. So I hope so uh, because they have to do something about it. They can't just keep talking about it. Absolutely. Okay. Um. So you started off with one of yours. Mine piggybacked on that. Maybe I'm gonna throw out one of mine and see if it mixes with what you had out there. Uh. One of my actually my number one thing is has to be, and I know it sounds like a broken rec- broken record, but I kind of connect the dots because because I think it's important. Siri, Siri needs to get better in 2019, and I don't know exactly where they're at with Siri at this moment. Right. We know that. They hired John Gianandrea, who was the lead of search and artificial intelligence in Google. So clearly, Apple knew that this is a priority that they have to either build on or revamp. I've been saying it for a while. They need to blow up Siri and start all over just because of structurally how it's made. And I know that doesn't happen in just a year. But when you see like how Siri is actually held back or hurt other products in Apple's product line, whether it happens in 2019, I hope it does maybe realistically is more 2020. They need to blow up Siri, start it over. I mean, I see what's, and I'm using it all the time, what's happening on Amazon Echo and Google Home. They can handle, to this day, multiple queries. I can tell them to do two different things at once. They can handle multiple users and know whose voice it is to manage their calendar and reminders. And, And Siri does have to get smarter, but just structurally, how Siri is built and what it's been able to do, even with Siri shortcuts, I think that's kind of helps a little, but for me, they need to blow up Siri. And the reason why I say it kind of connects the dots, the HomePod would have been honestly mm. a lot better if Siri was better, you know, well. right? I mean, that's a no brainer. <laughs> the, yeah. the, the Apple TV, which we had heard for a while was potentially, you know, a few years ago, potentially was going to be kind of like the center hub 
of the home. Maybe that was all pure rumor speculation, but if the Apple TV had a better Siri that it could have been that home centerpiece, and maybe Apple doesn't even look at this at the HomePod at that moment, there was kind of a point where they transitioned from, okay, we're going to actually make a home theater, home audio speaker, because Amazon Echo just ate their lunch. I feel like Siri affects the HomePod. It affects Apple TV. It affects the iPhone. It affects the Apple Watch and whatever else they're going to come out with that if there's anything they need to do in 2019, if I'm if I'm saying ideally, is we need to see a new Siri. But my hunch says maybe 2020, but I still think blow up Siri and it's time to start over. Well, um, you totally meshed with, with my next one, but I actually think that here's the thing. It's not, it's not about Siri. And I'll, I'll tell you why I think this. Let's look at the Echo and Alexa. I have the very first one in my house. And what's interesting is that when that came along and the first Alexa came along, Alexa was just okay. Yeah, for sure. It was all right. It wasn't, it, in fact, it wasn't, it, it remains not as smart as Siri in a number of ways, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's still been very useful. And the thing is, Amazon managed with a subpar voice assistant to own this market. Yeah. Now, Google's coming up pretty fast behind that because if if we were to put the voice assistants head to head to head, I think – and let's leave Bixby out of this. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, Google Assistant is actually the most powerful yep. voice assistant. 100% Most agree. flexible. Uh, but – there you have Alexa, which is ever. So what did Amazon do? It introduced one speaker at an affordable price and an open system. Then it introduced more speakers at an even more affordable price. And it just kept like, it's like, bang, bang, bang. You don't like this? You don't like this form factor? Try this form. You don't like this size? Try this size. You don't like this price? Try this price. You don't like that? Just, and it would normally seem like that's insane. It's too much. But it turned out to be Every kind of way you could access Alexa that you would like or that you would like or that you would like. In other words, you know, we can satisfy all different needs. We don't have to make one size fits all. So here's here's Apple now. And how, how many years are we into? We are now, I believe, uh, almost five years into Echo's life, I believe. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. Next I think year. Right. And what we've gotten from Apple as a for competition is the HomePod. Now, Apple has all the pieces, but for some reason, it's decided that it will still sit at that that premium level and it will put all of its eggs in this tiny sort of pill-shaped basket. Uh, HomePod is not sold as well as it wants. Now, it's an excellent speaker. It's a really cool device. It's it's nice looking. The, the, it just it could fill the room with sound. I can control stuff with it. It's great. It's three hundred and what forty nine dollars, yep. I believe. Yep. That's a lot of money. That's a lot to ask for people to bring that intelligence in. Meanwhile, it has Apple TV that's been sitting around. Now it has this kind of weird fractured smart home idea that you know sort of well Apple TV can be your hub. Or your iPad, as long as it stays in the house, can be your hub. Uh, <laughs> like what? What do you? What does that mean? Why do I have to keep something? And the Apple, I can't talk to my Apple TV. Oh, I have to pick up the remote. Where is my remote? Oh, I, uh, it's in that box with my other remotes. Uh, meanwhile, I can just start talking to Alexa now <laughs> in any room in my house. 
so my thing for 2019 is that Apple absolutely positively must get serious about the smart home space. Yeah. And that means that we absolutely need that HomePod mini that I wanted uh, last this this year uh, over 2018. And they they need a hundred. You know, if they come out, Apple could come out with a one ninety nine device. Although I'd much prefer a ninety nine dollar device. Um, <laughs> Lance, you're pushing your you're pushing it there. Ninety nine dollars. I know. <laughs> At the very least, the next Apple TV absolutely must have speakers and microphones. It has to. Mm-hmm. It's just insanity that it does not because it already has all these tools. It's, I don't know what it is about Apple why they've so. Here's where I think you are right, that Apple needs to kind of step back and figure out how to re-architect this because it's kind of digging itself into a deeper and deeper hole with doing it in a very specific way. Of course, Apple is closed, as always. Mm -hmm. And normally, that's a great thing, wonderful for security. But look at what Amazon has done by opening up Alexa and just build the skill and it's in there. And there's, you know, I've got a column coming up that talks about how smart homes aren't nearly as smart as you'd like them to be and all the issues that still exist with them. But you've got to hand it to Amazon for building an open system that everybody's just like, oh yeah, I can build to that. And they do. And every day there's new stuff. And and Amazon is not afraid to try anything, even a ridiculous uh, Alexa enabled microwave or a kind of cool uh, wall clock with a timer built it. You know, Amazon is running fast, and Apple bizarrely is is kind of walking backwards, going, "Oh, we're not quite ready yet," as if this isn't happening. Yeah, and and that's not to say, you know, I've had a lot of conversations with with Apple about smart home technology. They're, I feel like they think they're doing it right, but they know they have to know, uh, you know, of anybody who understands, you know, Tim Cook, as CEO, uh, understands more than anybody about. Uh, the, the sort of inventories and sell through and the, the business on that. So like he's really in touch with the on the ground marketplace, mm-hmm. I think more than any any CEO in the business. And he's got to know that Amazon's eating their lunch here and Google is quickly getting prepared, prepared to do the same. Yep. And yet, you know, I, I mean, so this is this is high on my list. This is super important to me. Um, I know Apple can do it. Uh, I'm not looking for someone to beat someone else, but you know the the beauty of a smart home is is not just individual pieces that are smart, but a system that works together. And it's really hard to do that when you have all of these competing platforms. And what you tend to do is choose a platform. And I don't know who's going to choose Apple as the platform right. in this fashion, right? They're not going to win this way. There's no way. Not right now. I mean, so to piggyback on kind of how you open it up to the smart home, I didn't want to like throw too much at once, but my combination was Siri was kind of step one and then HomeKit was step two because it is smart part of the smart home. So like I've talked about this to some of our listeners to give you an idea of when you talked about, right, Amazon came out with a totally open platform literally hundreds of devices pretty much continue to jump on board and piggyback on the Amazon platform. But like as of today, right, HomeKit, I I think they introduced it maybe about four years ago with iOS um, 8 or so. And and at that time when smart home was still kind of like, okay, no one's really figured it out yet. Apple's like, here's our HomeKit, here's our platform. And so you're like, hey, you're thinking when you're watching this, oh, Apple's going to do it. But 
Apple, again, you know, kind of in their fashion, they're so closed off. Like, Lance, if I had to give you a guess, and I know this is putting you on the spot, but if I had to give you a guess of how many smart home products do you think Apple supports? I'm going to tell you Amazon's number. I'm going to tell you Google's number. And I'm going to have you guess how many Apple right now or roughly as of, you know, within the past month, Apple supports. Okay, so smart home devices, Amazon Echo is at over 12,000. Google Home is at over 5,000. What do you think Apple's HomeKit is at right now? 425. (laughs) Honestly, and you laugh, you're pretty, it's, it's around 500 basically. If you go to their yeah. website, you can actually literally scroll through all the manufacturers. Some of them aren't even available yet. Some say coming soon, but it's it's a little bit over 500. And that's, and not only is it, and sometimes someone might say, okay, well, as long as they support 500 of the best, even that, I mean, there's the Logitech Harmony setup that allows you to say like, turn on my, turn on my PlayStation 4 and it sets the input and the, a lighting setting that you have. Like Apple doesn't support the Logitech Harmony remote. They don't support the Nest. Obviously, we know like the whole Google thing, but those are kind of two really key flagship devices amongst those that are not part of that 500 they support. And so for me, I think they have to, not only is it piggybacking off of what you say, like, you know, get back in the smart home, they've got to kind of let go with this whole walled garden with the smart home right now, even though it's completely opposite of how they operate philosophically. If they want to try to catch up, I had pulled up an article just to see kind of where they're at market share wise. And in the US, when they talk about kind of smart home platforms, Amazon's at roughly 63%, Google's at 17%, and Apple's at 4%. I mean, that's yeah, that's yeah. not even a close third. That's And it doesn't, it's not like it's growing either, right? We saw deep discounts, like $100 off on a HomePod, 249 and people to me that seems a little more in parity of what adding in apple's kind of apple premium price where it should be but people are like i'm still not buying it 249 and you know that that's a problem for them for them to even penetrate that so they've got a lot of work yeah. to do with the home with the smart home and so for me it was kind of like a combination of siri and home kit together but i wanted to also at the same time kind of not throw them all out at once but yeah i'm absolutely on board with you as well with what they need to do with a smart home I mean, I'll just add that Apple has a fundamental misunderstanding about what people wanted to buy. You know, they they sold HomePod and really pushed the audio side. Yeah, that's not what people wanted. People were excited about a smart speaker. <laughs> they were the ability to play music through it was kind of like a bonus. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody already had they have stereo systems. They had some capabilities, but they liked this idea of you know a centrally located thing. But yeah, it could play music pretty well, but that they could also just ask and talk to it and ask what they needed. And so, you know, they weren't trying to buy uh, a Blaupunk or a Bose thing. They were they were like, you know, Amazon's not known for speakers. You know, they, they really Apple really needs to take a look at why did people buy the Echo in the first mm-hmm. place? What excited them about that? And I always, you know, I've written about this before. It's like Siri was on our phone for years before the Echo arrived with Alexa. And yet people bought it, you know, and, and because, you know, they didn't they they didn't say, oh no, I'm gonna wait for Siri. They were like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's that seems to make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. You know, and it cause Siri is sort of trapped on their phone and they use it mostly to set timers and, <laughs> you know, occasionally ask a quick question. But you know, this was hands-free walking around talking. So I don't, I will say though that your, 
I I hate to say this because I I you know it, it just seems like you know pointless that Apple's not going to do this. Apple's not going to open up. <laughs> I know. Um, and there and there's a reason they'll have the wind will be behind them on this one issue because entering 2019 is the year of regulation. So they have a really Apple's a tremendously good story right now on protecting people's privacy mm-hmm. and the, the closed environment works best for that. Uh, when regulation starts to come down in, in next year, as I'm sure it will, or at least we'll start to see the, the, the sort of formation of it. Companies are going to have to change and it may impact uh, how Amazon Echo Alexa work and how Google Assistant works. And uh, Apple won't have to really make any changes because they don't work in the same way. Uh, so one sort of side product of that will be that Apple probably won't change and won't grow more open to try and you know pull, pull more people into the tent because it knows that the wind is changing and it'll appear to be in the right. This overcorrection is what I think is going to be overcorrection is ultimately going to hurt us some because it's going to change some of our products and it's going to hold Apple back from doing what what you say and what I believe they need to do, which is open up fast and get mm-hmm. some really affordable speakers out there. So uh, they need to do these things. I don't know that they will next year. <laughs> All right, Lance, uh, I'll give you uh, this is your turn again to kind of set the table with one, another one of your things that Apple needs to do better in 2019. Your turn. Well, this kind of segues from an earlier comment, but I think it's time for a new category. Um, and we talked about the wearable, the, the, the phones, uh, but I think you, that this may be the year where they kind of, they either, they either go forward or they, they say definitively they're not doing an Apple car. Uh, <laughs> it is time to understand what this is all about. Uh, I have never believed that the company was going to produce a car. But I do think that there's something more than CarPlay. What were they? What is theirs called? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's your CarPlay. You know, there's something. There's something more than that. You know, they're they're doing something more, and you know, there's a lot of options, obviously, for doing something special and new. Um, but I I think that the car now. The car is kind of a weird thing because if you step back and you look at the automotive industry, it's undergoing a sea change. Uh, people are buying fewer sedans. Uh, they're really buying few pers- fewer personal cars. The millennials and Gen Ys are less interested in driving. Um, now, this is more sort of uh, not the center of the U.S., but kind of the outside. You know, the, the, the you know if you look at uh, uh, like cities and uh, suburbs, people uh, are e- they can get around more easily with public transportation. But in rural America, they're still interested in buying, especially trucks, which forever are going to sell. It seems, but the industry is is making some big adjustments. So it's a weird time, right, for Apple to potentially come in with a car, unless it does something more like the you know like uh, Waymo. You know, it does something more like you know Apple's fleet of driver you know of self-driving cars or something like that or uh a retrofit like i feel like there's something weird going on that they're planning (laughs) something 
bigger and more important in the car space, but I can't quite get a handle on it. And I'd really like 2019 to be the year they clarify this. Uh, and, and also because it would be something, again, something inspiring to hold on to, you know, that Apple has a different and special idea about transportation. Who knows? Maybe the idea is simply buying Tesla. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, the, although, my God, you want to talk about two personalities that would never work together? <laughs> Tim Cook and Elon Musk. I admit both men. I like both of them, but they are as different as night and day. But okay, but wouldn't there even be, you know, if he was still here, wouldn't there be even more fireworks of Elon Musk and Steve Jobs just because they have such set ideas of what they want to do? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I mean he's he's that he he's definitely that kind of guy. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, he's you know, I, I was reading a story about um, uh, the Gigafactory from Wired, a really interesting piece. You know, again, it was talking to people who both wouldn't talk on record or mm-hmm. or or um, had for- worked there before and just talking about how he sometimes ripped people to shreds. And this is if you read the Steve Jobs biography and, you know, you know it was it's the same. It's just like this is this is their approach. Um, Tim Cook's approach is is, is completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, but. As a product, um, as a company, what Tesla does is very much in the Apple mold. The, the hyper control, yeah. the innovation, uh, the the cachet—it's all there. It's you know, it's it's hard for me to imagine Apple building something that can be as exciting as what Tesla's doing with their products um, and what they're doing to the market. I mean, you want to talk about the luxury car market, how it's like like tipping in Tesla's direction mm-hmm. over the last uh, six months. Uh, but I do, again, so for 2019, Apple needs to put up or shut up on the car space. It's time. It's, you know, it's like, it feels too cute <laughs> at this point. Um, I want to know what's going on. I want them to, to reveal it or just say, look, guys, we've always just been about car play. That's really all we care about. We're not, you know, you know, the, and we've just been testing this other stuff. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like Google X, you know, we, we're just dumping <laughs> this, you know, we're just checking it out. I mean, maybe honestly, from what I've, from what everything we have heard and seen, externally from reports and rumors i to me i don't i don't think they other than them trying to like update their maps for apple maps i don't know if they really know what they're doing with the car space and even on top of that i i just don't see how they can even tesla is the apple of cars now right it's Mm -hmm. and for apple to come into that space it would sure it would be interesting but they would have to come up with something even roughly more compelling or on some sort of competitive level otherwise they're just going to look like they're going to get embarrassed by tesla you know from a yeah, from a from yeah. a perception standpoint right so yeah i think it's it's yeah you what say what you will about elon musk but yep. but those products those cars uh you know people are are it's like the early days of the iphone totally. people just are in love with them they're they're not just it's not just about buying and go and being able to say you have a Tesla, but when you have one, people seem to be they really love these yep, cars. Yep. They're 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 the build on them, the performance on them, their ability to update over the air. I mean it's 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 for many people it's the car of their dreams. I mean, look, I just uh I got a, a Tesla 
recently, but it's yeah, the baby. size of a mat. It's the size of a matchbox. So, uh, <laughs> oh, I get what you're saying. <laughs> it's like the little mini model scale, right? Yeah, you can it's hang literally. It as it's you just like hang it as it's literally. It's literally a matchbox. It's uh, the Model S, and my wife gave it to me and said, "This is the Tesla you're getting." Uh, so, <laughs> my, uh, you know what? For the record, like my girlfriend actually, you know, on my reservation, um, she ended up getting a Tesla, and it's it's pretty. I mean. It's the it's amazing. It's it's amazing to be in that car, man. <laughs> this is the Model Three, or yep, the Model Three. It's an performance awesome car. Or is it not a performance? Uh, just the standard one. It's um, okay. It's an awesome experience, though, without a doubt. It so is everything it you is. say. It's so true. It is. It is the yeah. iPhone of cars. That's everything. That whole Apple cultish lust about them. The way people talk about them, and it's one of those things that I know. There's part of the whole like being inside that club makes it, you know, adds a little cachet to it. But yeah, you're right. So, okay, we could talk about Tesla in a whole other show. But <laughs> you're right. I, 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 like, I like that point that you have. All right, let's just take a quick breather to thank the sponsors of the show. That would be you. Thank you so much for everyone throughout really this first eight months at patreon.com slash Tong. It's a way that you can support the show starting at $2 a month, which is basically 50 cents per episode. Uh, It also covers all the video and content that I do. We have special bonus content for Patreon supporters specifically as well. I'll be getting back on live streams since my account has been uh, reactivated for you all. So tons of content, tons of great stuff. And again, thank you. You can start at $2, the $5 level, $10, $25, $100, the platinum level. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your support. All right. I know you want to hear it. Let's get right back to the show. Okay. I'm going to... I'm going to bring it back to services for a second. And again, it will tie into other things. But whether you agree with me on this or not, I still think Apple should work. I know they have their own TV show and movie streaming service. You know, I know they're working on the texture acquisition that allows them to potentially do like a news paper slash magazine uh, service. And these are all going to, you know, add to Apple's bottom line in their services area, which Tim Cook said was a big priority. But I still think, and I kind of want to connect this to the dots of the Apple TV. I think Apple should still, and forget it, chalk it up to an L that they took by being a little too, too, uh, you know, our way to the highway. But I think Apple should bring a TV subscription service still to the Apple TV. And the reason why I say this is I think there's still plenty of revenue to be made when Apple said, hey, uh, content providers, cable networks, it's our way or the highway. They came up with too much hubris. They're like, okay, we're going to go to PlayStation View. We're going to go to YouTube TV. We're going to go to DirecTV. We're going to go to Sling TV. Later, Apple. Apple missed out on that first run. But what I think it helps the Apple TV in doing, and this also piggybacks to getting an improved Siri and an improved HomeKit, if these all fall into place, the Apple TV would be the best set box set top box out there with a better Siri with home kit that supports more devices with an Apple TV subscription service and Apple TV streaming service not to mention it's the only streaming box that has Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos sound on the market that to me sounds like a really complete set top box in my dreams but right apple when i say all these things apple had like you said earlier apple literally had all the pieces of the puzzle to make it work but they didn't make it work which is kind of not what we're used to seeing until this kind of whole 
Siri was kind of the the seed that started it, but they could, I'm just saying, I wish the Apple TV for a while was still kind of like hanging out. Like they always called it a hobby and they kind of didn't do too much with it. And then they're like, okay, we got Dolby vision. And then finally they brought Dolby Atmos, but it took so long for them to even to get to that point. It was a little like, come on guys, what are you really doing with this Apple TV 4k? If all those pieces fell into place, it would be the best set top streaming box out there. Well, uh, unless you disagree, which I'm totally think, okay with. Well, that. I don't think. Look, cable companies are are never going to sort of cede what they do to any of these boxes, right? There, yeah. cable companies want. First of all, they understand uh, their place in the universe mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. That even as uh, the the fees from uh, carrying various networks uh, diminish and. Uh, they have to kind of rework their model. They know that consumers still need the internet coming into their house. They need that pipe, right? So they want to own that pipe. And they've they've tried. You know, I have um, a service called Altice One, uh, which is part of Optimum. And what they've tried to do is refashion their own boxes into something that aligns more with what you get from an Apple TV or a Roku or any of them. Uh, so you'll have not just, uh, video on demand, uh, which was sort of stage one, but now you have apps. Uh, now the apps are kind of preloaded and good luck figuring out how to add any apps to these (laughs) boxes. Uh, and their, their interfaces are usually abysmal, um, because they're really not software companies, but, uh, they're basically, they've decided that they're going to work as hard as they can because they have hard as they can to hold on to people and also knowing that companies like Netflix don't care. They're happy. You know, sure. If you want to put it there, it's just another place for our subscribers to gain access or for us to gain more subscribers. Um, and, and Apple, Apple's model that initially seemed kind of crazy now seems crazy smart having, uh, apps that you can download that basically give you, uh, the option of either connecting your existing account to, for example, HBO or getting HBO a la carte. Uh, and we are moving to that a la carte space uh, without a doubt, you know, where people are really starting to cobble things together. The problem is, the big problem is that it's a big friggin' mess. <laughs> I mean, you think about all the different ways, you know, you get can get your content now and you know who you pay and if you know, oh do i do hbo go to hbo you know the other hbo now uh you know could i could i get rid of my my all of my subscriptions you know to all the the regular cable stuff and just have the internet and then do a la carte is it going to work and should i do that all on apple tv but i already have some on that box it's like <laughs> you just start your head begins to spin now Apple is much more serious about Apple TV than it than it was, you know, five or six years mm-hmm. ago when 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 they you know called it briefly a hobby or maybe it's longer ago. Gosh, it was hobby was when Jobs was alive. Mm-hmm. So was it eight or nine years ago? Uh, they're serious about it, but they realize that one of the ways to get people to your hardware is to offer great content. So. 2019 probably won't be about them radically redesigning Apple TV, though I wish it was, um, and probably will be much more about that whole content push. Every single day I hear a celebrity talk about signing up with Apple for a new (laughs) series. 
every single day. There's all this stuff, you know, they're, they're pouring billions into this, just like Netflix, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, you know, it's a land rush, right? They, yep. All of, all of these uh, platforms are racing to make must see content. And sometimes, you know, Hulu finally had a bonafide hit with uh, the handmaid's tale, right? Yep. Uh, become must-see TV, and that's the, where you get people in. And so Apple doesn't have a single show like that yet. Carpool karaoke does not count. <laughs> Wait, uh, what about what about Planet of the Apps, Lance? Let's not uh, forget such great content. <laughs> I believe I know some people that work on that show. I know, so I know. Uh, Let's be I'll, nice. I'll be kind, we'll be nice. but we'll be nice. but but yeah, but they're not. I mean, they're they're not water cooler shows. They're, they're not like the kind of thing like, oh my god, did you see that last night? And so. <laughs> When we hit the beginning of the probably uh, spring, but, uh, you know, if not spring and summer, absolutely by the fall. But I think it's certainly sooner than that. We're going to see this this flood of, of Apple uh, content, Apple uh, homegrown studios content uh, trying to 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 gain our excitement and interest uh, at a time when every you know, network is pouring money into building over the top television shows. Uh, you know, like CBS, which is uh, very aggressive in this area. So it's it's just that's where the attention, that's where the focus will probably be in 2019. And I don't see them, uh, I don't see them trying to do like a subscription thing again. I think it's sort of they took a run at it. It's 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 you know they probably can't even get the attention of, <laughs> of the cable companies anymore who are trying to figure out what they're doing. Um, the good news for us is that, you know, no matter what, this just means more great content. You know, the golden age of television continues. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I agree with you that they're probably not going to do it. I just want them to do it and I think (laughs) they still could do it. But yeah, do I really think like deep down, like for example, do you really think deep down inside they're going to be like, Hey, we're releasing a car in 2019. We probably no. no, right, right. <laughs> no, no, I really. In fact, you know, I will stand by my statement that Apple is not building a car. Yeah, I wrote yeah. that uh, when it first came out, and I, I'm, I'm stunned that people have <laughs> lapsed into reporting it as if it's fact. The car they're working on will eventually. I know. Like, you know, that's not reporting people. There's, there's uh, a lot of noise so, out there. Yeah, there is a lot of noise, but in any case, yeah. No, I, I, I you know. We're kind of straddling the line here between, uh, you know, wish and reality. Yeah, for uh, sure. But I, I do. I'm really curious how their streaming service is going to come together. You know, I, I, I personally have already subscribed to about three or four different services. I'm like, I don't. They've got to be really compelling for me to be like, yeah, I want this too. You know, I, I don't know yeah. how it's going to play out. There was a rumor that maybe people that own an Apple device will get access to some content. Who knows? But I'm just curious. Will I actually be motivated to put down money? Because I haven't put down any money for Apple Music. I tried it out for three months. I thought it was nice, but I was like, you know what? I'm I'm okay with Spotify. So yeah, I'm curious well, to see how that plays out. Yeah, I, I, it's an excellent point. It's a, you know, it's a question of well, who's going to carry uh, Apple Studio content on their platform? Will yeah. Will Roku do it? Mm. Uh, will Amazon Fire TV do it? Uh, you know, so because it hasn't happened that easily, yeah. you know, for a long time, we didn't have Amazon Prime video on Apple TV. Yep. Uh, although my guess is that the reason that that deal happened is that they, they promised to carry. Yeah, I'm sure there's some sort of reciprocal thing going yeah. on there. But uh, yeah, it's 
there are just so many questions about it, but it's more, it's the one sure thing that we have for 2019 that they're doing this. It's just a question of what's going to look like, you know, how people are going to access it, how much, you know, they're going to pay for it, you know, how much will be free and uh, you know, how well they'll compete in what is a highly competitive space. Absolutely. All right, Lance, uh, your turn for another one that you want to throw out there. I just want them to fix, I want them to, you know, so we talk about how important services are. I kind of want them to fix that area. Mm. Um, I've asked over the years for them to kind of look at their services, what we're paying them for various things and pull it all into one thing and give some sort of deal. If you're, you know, if you're an Apple music and an iCloud customer, like everything that the more that you pay Apple, the more they take. They yeah. they almost never give you a discount for being like this holistic customer. You know, uh-huh. they just don't seem to recognize it. Uh, and concurrent with that, they need to to really take a much harder look at what they're charging people uh, for iCloud storage and the baselines that they're giving people. They have to do a huge bump up in 2019 because mm. you know we have these devices and we're doing more photography and more videography. More of it's, you know, the the megapixels have gone up, the resolution, you know, people are telling me I'm shooting uh, YouTube videos on occasion and people are like, please shoot in 4K. I'm like, what do you think I'm made of money? Where am I going to put all those files? And I I run out of room and I I just upgraded to two terabytes because I finally – I was freaking out because I was running out of space and and I didn't know what to do. And I was like, fine. Uh, I, I canceled some other subscription I wasn't using anymore and I paid for it because I was like, I'm not just going to keep paying more and more and more. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think Apple can still make the money it needs, but do a better job of giving people more space at an affordable price, especially at the, you know, when they start out, you know, what is it? Five gigs to start is yeah, I think that's the I, free I, amount. It might be five or 10. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it's not really usable basically. No, it's not. It's not. And, and this is sort of the hidden cost of, of Apple hardware now. And I, I think that Apple needs to, you know, fix it. I think they I, need yeah. to fix it and they need to fix the, the, the structure of how they're charging people that if you have multiple Apple services that you should get something for that, that you should get some sort of discount based on that. Uh, and you know, they just haven't really taken a hard look at it. Yeah. I think, you know what that, that, and for me, I don't use iCloud storage. I'm literally still the old school guy that plugs in my phone or when it's in Wi-Fi syncs it to my physical computer. But, you know, I can tell even hearing you talk about it, it is a pain point because you're affected by it personally and you understand like all the things that people that are just throwing to the iCloud get, you know, with storage have to deal with. I mean, you had to literally like change the structure of maybe another service you paid for just to support your phone. Yeah, yeah. To support, you know, it's like I'm a I'm a hardcore Apple product user, and yeah. I I have a, an iPad Pro. I'm shooting if I shoot video on the the iPhone 10 S Max, I'm then putting the video on the iPad Pro, and I'm editing it there. And then there's big files that come out of of either iMovie or or Photo uh, uh, Adobe Premium Rush or Rush CC, I should say. You know, so it's all of these files suddenly, and I'm like. I can't worry about this. I can't worry <laughs> that my stuff's not backed up. I yeah. can't worry. You know, I just, I just want it done. Uh, and, you know, Apple could make a change. Like they could say, you know what? All photos taken with, um, with uh, your Apple devices will be stored for free at the mm, full resolution. Sounds like a little Google and, baby. Sounds like a little yeah, Google exactly, baby. Exactly. You know, it's like if, if services are as important to the business as they say they are, and believe me, they are, <laughs> then make some adjustments, 
to solidify the relationship. Never be in a situation where people go, you know, it's getting too expensive to be part of the Apple ecosystem. I wonder if there's a cheaper one out there. And, you know, Google is the cheaper one. I don't know that if it's the better one, but it certainly is the cheaper one. And, you know, to a lesser extent, Microsoft, which doesn't have all the hardware that goes with it, they have some, but not all. And they'll probably never be a Surface phone. So, you know, but you do tend to look around and go, where can I store my stuff that's cheaper? Now, I can buy I can buy uh, terabytes of local storage and save money because that's gotten really cheap, but it's a pain in the neck to manage. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to jump in here with uh, a pretty no-brainer one that I really want to see, even though I don't think it'll actually happen, but I have a compromise. I still want Apple to bring more of a – I'm a big iPad Pro user – more of a hybrid iOS to the iPad Pro. I know it's not going to happen, so my compromise at the very least is they tend to like update iOS for the iPad and give it actual new functionality every two years. 2018 was not that year, but if they really are continue to, and Apple's kind of put themselves in this position where they continue to say like, oh, it can replace your laptop, it can be your computer, I'd like them to at least do two things for us. One of them is give us the ability to... Uh, plug in an external hard drive or some sort of storage directly <laughs> and at least manage the files with read and write ability that would that would at least be like okay i can plug in my hard drive and have some and have some of that functionality even if it's a little clunky i think even just having that would be nice and then the other thing is we know pro apps are coming at least from adobe i've been saying this since day one of the ipad pro apple I'm hoping that you can support your own pro hardware with your own pro apps. And I it's year three now in this process. And I'd really like to see Apple get behind the iPad Pro with their own software to offer <laughs> pro software on their pro product that is supposed to replace the computer. So yeah, whether it's Final yeah. Cut Pro, whether it's Logic, Apple needs to, what they've done in the past, you know, in other eras was give us a hardware and software solution. It's year three, baby. It's time for us to see that from Apple directly. Yeah, that's a really, it's a really good point. Um, you know, I spend so much time editing video on the iPad. Now, I was using iMovie for a very long time, mm -hmm. and, and I like it. And it has more power than you think, but uh, obviously yeah. it's nowhere near Final Cut Pro. I recently switched to um, Adobe uh, Rush CC yeah. because I was at the recommendation of somebody from Apple. Uh, much more powerful, uh, you know, got a lot of the features that uh, that you might find on a pro-level video editing tool, has some weird quirks, uh, like, for example, occasionally video, portions of video lose their audio volume, um, and you don't see it until it's too late. Uh, and <laughs> so little things like that worry me. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm always surprised that they haven't updated iMovie more. To because they still have more room, they can definitely take more advantage of the processing power. I can see that. Like if I can, in, and this may be because they really would rather you know spend let third parties spend more time developing the software. I mean, their relationship with Adobe has become quite tight. Mm -hmm. You know, and Adobe is a huge fan of the iPad Pro when they've been doing all kinds of amazing software with it. Um, and you want to talk about an ecosystem? You know, once you're into the creative cloud, oh, yeah. you know, and everything's stored there. It's not cheap, though. Um, but we should give Apple some credit here because I think that, you know, so the other day I was preparing to um, I was preparing to uh, make a move uh, 
I think I was getting rid of one iPad and moving to the bigger iPad. And I had all these files, all these Procreate files. I've done a lot of drawing there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, I, I need to back this up. How do I? How do I do this? And so I opened up Procreate and I had all my files and I selected all of them and I literally dragged and dropped them into files. Now that mm -hmm. is a super like Windows like thing to do. Yeah. It was like, ooh, opt them in. And it just worked. I mean, it just then it just uploaded them to the cloud. I was like, oh, yeah, that worked exactly as I thought it should. Yeah. And that felt very much like a good replacement. Now there's always going to be that moment when you really need, you know, the keyboard. So you get the smart keyboard, which is not bad. Smart keyboard folio in the 12.9 uh, sense. And then, you know, you don't have a mouse and sometimes you really want that mouse dragging and dropping with your finger only takes you so far. <laughs> so, uh, but then, you know, Apple's always going to say the same thing. Then, then switch to, to, you know, use a Mac, go to the next level if you really need to. Uh, and they don't explicitly, it's funny cause I don't feel like Apple ever explicitly says this will replace your laptop. I think they say it can be as good in situations, but my conversations with them have not been like, yeah, you really just don't need that. You know, you don't need your, your surface with, uh, with the keyboard, you know, you just use this. I mean, I think they, they're confident that you can do many things with it. But I don't think they're disparaging and kind of saying because they have a system, you know, mm -hmm. they have laptops, they yeah. have. So they're trying to sort of in their world, in their ecosystem, you can make the, the step up. You can do it. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Be full disclosure here. Yeah, since yeah. Uh, we're talking Apple products, I'm sitting here with the AirPods, which uh, this is my oldest pair. And they're telling me they're running out of battery power. <laughs> I sit here going, this is a great discussion, which I may soon be cut off from. <laughs> well, I think when they cut off, just have your phone handy and then you can talk directly in the phone. <laughs> okay. Right? In, in, in case that happens. But I appreciate the warning and full disclosure. That, that is important. I mean, we will, we will be wrapping up pretty soon because we just have a couple more things to go. Do you have um, other, any other bullet points before we get to our last kind of crazy thing? One very small thing is I, I know you talked about still using iTunes. I kind of feel like it's time to cut and run on iTunes. I, yeah, think I agree. It's, it's done. I don't, I don't, I don't really understand the purpose of it anymore. Um, it's for the old uh, school people that still have to use it like me. Yeah. I, <laughs> and there's some weirdness with the iCloud app and the, you know, that again, their software side has sort of pieces that are floating in their own orbits. And I think 2019 is going to be a good time to do some house cleaning mm -hmm. and bringing things together. Uh, and, and, you know, that maybe iCloud grows into the thing that sort of does double duty with some of the features that exist in iTunes. I just think iTunes as a thing is sort of, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, most people, <laughs> and this is a guess, but most people are not you. Most people are no, way, no, no longer way. plugging their phones into their computers. They are really leaving it. And this is one of the reasons why we need an iCloud fix, because they're really leaving it to Apple. They're kind of, they like the idea that, you know, they, they just charge it and then they walk around. They don't think about it. And if they get a new phone, they just, you know, they've been backing up and they just bring that, they bring the backup down to their new phone and, that's the world. Why? Why does the phone ever have to be plugged into the computer? No, I mean I'll I'll let it do it over Wi-Fi as well. But I do. There's some weird part of me that feels safe knowing that like it's physically copying the files, and in case something crazy happens to iCloud, which has happened to some people, 
that I know no matter what, at the end of the day, everything will be there for me. <laughs> I still have that kind of sense of security that I like to have, whether it's rational or not. I'd be the first to admit it. I know. I know. I've, I'm surprised. I, it surprises me how much I've learned to let go and allow things to be stored in the cloud. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I have redundancies. I will, I'll, I'll be I'll be honest. There are things that are stored in multiple places. Yeah. Uh, and I've kind of just done that as my as my backup. And that served me well when I messed up a backup on one phone and actually thought I lost a lot of stuff. But it turned out because I'd been allowing Google Photos to back up my photos all along, <laughs> I hadn't really lost all that stuff. So, you know, my backups have backups. There you go. Okay. Uh I have one more quick one. Do you have any more before we get to our wild, crazy ones? No. Okay. So my other one quick one, and I don't want to belabor this too much. I think in 2019, I'd like Apple to kind of really reevaluate, really reevaluate their kind of announcement strategy. And this time, maybe think of it as let's under promise and over deliver because we've seen just so many delays on so many key products that people start feeling like, oh, that's not coming out. Oh, that's going to get delayed. It started with the AirPods, iOS, some of the features they had promised took like a year to come out. AirPower, I know there's technical difficulties with that, but it still isn't out and it looks like it's kind of become invisible on Apple's website. They're not going to say anything about it. But I think this whole idea of, you know, Apple is a company that likes to pride themselves on this polish and have this cachet. Just, I say like, don't announce, just really try not to announce things until you actually know they're ready. And I think that, they typically do know, don't delay the Mac Pro that you said we'll see in 2019. You know, let's start with that. Right. But I think the whole idea of starting to kind of do this whole under-promise and over-deliver instead of give people a reason to complain about them, I hope that they can kind of like acknowledge that and kind of flip that switch internally. Yeah, I almost forgot about air power. <laughs> yeah, literally just like, oh, and yeah, it's that. the weirdest thing. How many, how many times has Apple announced, I literally announced a product and then uh, we're like getting close to, what is it, uh, nine months now? Or okay. is it, it, and it's not here? Uh, I, I, I think it's going to be a Christmas miracle. Like, Lance, show up. If you search for air power on Apple's website today, it doesn't show anything. It literally doesn't show anything. So it would be a Christmas miracle. (laughs) It's just that, yeah, there's a really weird, I don't know, it's very, very strange. But um, yeah, that's, I mean, I, 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 um, because of Apple's skills in, or their presentation skills, I should say, I rarely walk away from an event disappointed. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess I don't, I don't go in with, with expectations through the roof. I'm always like, you know, they really, they really know how to, to deliver a message and to sell it. It always takes a little while for the pixie dust to wear off. And then I was going to ask you about that. I was going to ask you about that because knowing, you know, I've been to keynotes and I now observe them from the outside and it definitely, no matter what people say, it does have a little bit of effect on you being there versus not being there. True, not true? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, it's right? It, the, the whole thing is, you know, you get caught up in a little bit. You yep. get, it's, it's exciting to touch the new product. Yep. Everybody's over amped. You know, <laughs> Tim Cook walks in, he's an absolute celebrity. And, you know, <laughs> you, you, you just, and, and you, you kind of have to, you have to go and like you know, you, you watch your face and you kind of go whoa, whoa, whoa okay wait a minute what actually happened mm-hmm, here mm-hmm. Um, and it can take a little while to to sort of to to kind of see things clearly 
um, it's so rare for them to have like a complete like a moment where it's just like, oh, what 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 are they doing? What a dud or how mm-hmm. how awful is that? Um, and, you know, I'm sure that pattern will continue. Uh, but again, you know, it'll be hard in 2019 to make the Apple special, the iPhone special when everybody's smartphone is to some degree special now. So we'll see. I, I appreciate, uh, you know, it, I'm I, sure it'll be fun. I really appreciate you actually acknowledging that. That was cool of you because I don't think many reporters or people that cover it, you know, would outright acknowledge. Yeah, I kind of do sometimes get a little caught up in it. So I think that was that's an honest take. And that's why I love having you on the show, baby. Oh, you're so kind. Can <laughs> okay. I tell you my crazy? Wish? Yeah, no, that's what. Oh, no, I'm not going to. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say props. I'm so to you. excited. Yes, I want to hear. <laughs> I want to hear your crazy one. And then I'll tell you my crazy one. So this is uh, for people listening, right? This is everything that we hope Apple can do better in 2019. But we also have our own kind of off the wall or totally personal selfish reasons thing that we would want Apple to do. So Lance, take it away, my man. Okay, you should know. If you know me, <laughs> you know what I'm going to say next. I want an Apple robot. <laughs> okay. And, you, you know, this makes sense because, first of all, there was a movie called iRobot. <laughs> iRobot. Yes, I mean, it's already yes, there. So, yes. so you know, and they could have Will Smith, you know, could be the person, you know, <laughs> pitching it. And I don't know what this robot will do. Um but it'll be sexy looking. It'll be fun. It'll, it'll, you know, it'll, it'll, maybe it'll be an apple. I don't know, but it'll be something. <laughs> uh, yeah. It just Apple doesn't do quirky crazy, but the, so I spent a, a couple of weeks with, with Sony's Ibo. I yeah, totally yeah. fell in oh, love yeah. with this oh, robot dog. Things. Yeah. Um, and it's possible. And Apple has the expertise, and they also have the manufacturing expertise to find a way to make a really cool robot for the masses that doesn't cost three thousand dollars. <laughs> uh, if anyone can do it, uh, all kidding aside, robots are the future. They are, it's they just are. a question of of when we have that breakthrough product, that the the iPhone of consumer robots. We don't have that yet. Apple's a good company to do it. So that's my off the wall crazy idea. Wow, that that is um okay. I need to ask you before I get to mine. What are maybe like two or three reasons why you really want an Apple robot? Is it just to have an Apple robot? Um, I first of all, I love robots. Period. That's number <laughs> one. Uh, second of all, I think that. Uh, a robot that is automatically part of a larger ecosystem is going to be much more useful from the get-go. Mm. So Apple has infiltrated our lives with these devices and with this the, the services. And so imagine a robot that is connected to all that, that understands, that has a screen that can show your uh, photos uh, you know, at a glance, or maybe it just has a fun face when it's not showing the photos, uh, that can you know tap you on the leg and remind you uh, that you're running out of iCloud storage, you know, <laughs> things like that. The important things in life. Yeah. Um, would you want the robot to still respond to the prompt uh, magic word Siri? No, no. <laughs> I want to be able to call my robot what I want to call it. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure that by default they'll all be called Siri, but but you can call it, you can call it what you want. All right, I'll, um, I mean, I, I'm sure you have the channels to directly pitch that to Apple, but uh, I, will be, <laughs> I will be waiting, um, you know, cautious, how about cautiously optimistic on that one? 
Thank you. I appreciate okay. that. It's kind right. of you. <laughs> Here's mine. I love yours because yours is crazy, crazy. Mine's not as crazy, but damn, if they do that, I'll be so happy. People that know me know I've wanted this since day one of the Apple Watch. I want a freaking FaceTime camera so we can have the first Dick Tracy watch. Uh. I want the freaking Dick Tracy watch. Anyone who has seen that, it just immediately is like, give it to me. I I really don't think it's attainable, but I don't think Apple thinks, I don't think it's even an important part of their roadmap for the Apple Watch, but good Lord. FaceTime camera. It doesn't even need to take photos, just for for the creeper aspect just a facetime camera for the apple watch so i can do it on my wrist and one day go out literally without his phone and just look at my wrist and see like a loved one's face while i'm hanging out oh my goodness that is mine facetime camera on apple watch that's a that's a good one i mean there's a thousand reasons why it's a terrible (laughs) idea but it's a good one and uh yeah, I, if they could do it and make it so the camera was was under the screen and it didn't, you know, it basically didn't take away from it. Yeah. There was no notch. If yeah. they introduced a not, oh. notch to the Apple Watch, I'm oh. out. Oh. Uh, yeah, that would be awful. And I've had some of the early, like, wearables yeah, where there was yeah. a camera on. And they were all – Samsung's, like, earliest smartwatch was a, just an abomination with the camera jammed <laughs> oh, into yeah. the uh, – in like the, the wrist, wristband. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I told them like literally day one, they showed that to me and I was like, this is not a good idea. <laughs> I was like, this is, I'm like, this is how it's going to be. I'm like looking, I'm putting it on. Yeah, I'm yeah, sitting yeah, across yeah. the table from their executives putting it on going, this is, this is kind of awful. <laughs> how do I say this? It's just awful. It was just the worst thing ever. I think they even knew it as they were showing it to me. Oh, it for sure. Like terrible. So to do that, you have to be like, super careful okay do it just right okay well hey lance uh thank you so much for hanging out with us this whole time i, I thought this was really fun and love doing this with you the things that apple needs to do better in 2019 lance can you again kind of remind people where they can find you and some of the really cool stuff that you do and your your awesome coverage i mean i've been following you for years so oh thanks yeah well obviously easiest way to find me is on twitter lance yulinoff um on medium uh, the account's called the upgrade every thursday um on uh youtube under my name it's easy to find me lance yulinoff uh instagram same thing so you know these are all the places where i put stuff and uh yeah uh if you're paying attention you'll see me out at ces uh posting lots of uh interesting coverage I'll be there too, Lance. So hopefully, you know, I think actually the first time we ran into each other was at a CES at like one of those digital experience Pepcom things where we actually met in person. I actually now remember that. It's an inspiring moment. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Lance. Thanks again for everything. We appreciate it. All right. All right. Thank you, Brian. See, I told you that would be a fun one. And really, I want to hear what you all think, right? What are your things that Apple needs to do better. And if I said some things that you're like, no, that is absolutely stupid. The TV subscription service, that is stupid, Brian. That's a bad Apple. I want to hear it. You guys and gals are part of the show. Call in 833-888-ABXL. That's 833-888-2295. Or you can email me at applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. And before we go, we've got to show love. Thank you so much to our Platinum Apple sponsors at patreon.com slash Tong, The $100 monthly level, jeesh, I'm so grateful. Brandon Ledford, Terrence McKelvey from Stratos Wealth Partners, Gil Cabrera, 
Andy Halverson, Wesley Frater, and Jarrett Lewis. Thank you so much. And for all of you that have listened and some of you that have just jumped on recently, thank you for your support. Even if you can't sponsor the show, I'd love it if you could just five-star review it on iTunes. It, we're pretty ridiculous with our five stars, but it's legit. I feel like it's earned. You can review the show, share it with your friend, tell people about it. But that's how we do. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Thank you so much. Have a happy holidays, and we'll talk to you next week. Peace. Peace.